Hey guys, and welcome back to Rerun Replay, the show where we turn back the clock and rewatch television and movies from our 80s and 90s childhoods to see how they hold up in 2020. I'm your host, Max, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, CM. Hello, CM. You are the Robin to my Batman. Man, I was going to say, darn it. I was going to I was going to say. I Batman. <laughs> oh, it's Batman. Oh, um, uh, I don't know if you could tell by the subtle hints that we're dropping, but uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of this movie, uh, we decided to go back and rewatch Batman Forever, the classic that most people don't talk about. Uh, For I, good reason. This is fair. From as, 1995. As, yeah, we discovered. Um, uh, first off, uh, in case you missed in 1995, Batman Forever, uh, the plot is this. Batman must battle former district attorney Harvey Dent, who is now Two-Face and Edward Nenigma. The Riddler, with help from an amorous psychologist and a young circus acrobat who becomes his sidekick, Robin. Um, do you remember this movie that well? No, um, I remember uh, pictures from it. Like I have like images in my mind of what I thought I remembered, mm-hmm. like the iconic ones because they were everywhere. And you had the action figures. This is basically an action figure movie. Yeah, it's a so, movie to sell toys. Yeah, it's a toy movie. So I remember the Riddler action figure, the Two Faced one. I don't think there was a Nicole Kidman one, but I do remember Nicole Kidman as a character. Um, that that's actually. Uh, interesting. I, I don't remember a well, toy no for her reason, either. There's no reason to make a toy of her. Like yeah. she doesn't have any action to her as far as like kicking butt or like wielding a gun or anything. Well, they usually gave those action figures like different tools. Like yeah. Batman would have like a spring loaded, you know, Catwoman bat had a whip. thing. Yeah. yeah. So like with, with Nicole Kidman's uh, Dr. Meridian Chase or Dr. Chase Meridian. She actually says Chase both. Meridian. Chase yeah. Meridian. Um, I can't really see. Maybe they'll just give her like a uh, boomerang psychology book boomerang. to throw. Psychology book? Like if they made an action figure of her. Oh. Is what oh. I'm saying. Or you would just have her with that doll, that voodoo doll. Oh, it'd be so tiny. It'd just be like a little toy. Like yeah. A, you'd lose weird. it in a, in a day. Yeah. it'd be That'd be a horrible toy. Yeah. I don't remember her as a toy for well, probably for good reason. So I do vaguely remember this movie. Okay. I remember all of the Batman movies like from this generation pretty vividly. We definitely saw this in the theater a hundred percent. And you know, when I was a kid, cause the, the movies that preceded it, Batman, the original with Jack Nicholson Good. and Michael Keaton, uh, a classic, I mean, set the bar for a kind of a, a reinvention of Batman. Then you had Batman Returns, which continued that so trend. good. That's uh, my favorite. I keep begging to watch it. You know what's funny? Uh, I learned this just a little while ago. That movie is divisive. Uh, people either hate it or love it. Batman Returns? Yeah, I thought everyone just loved it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, me too. 100%. The casting is... It's spot on. Yeah. I mean, like, you can... You can make an argument that Jack Nicholson was like a bad Joker. I loved him as the Joker. He was like Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah. And, you know, one of the great things about that character is like you can really make him what you want. He's been reinvented a bunch. Um, But the casting for Batman Returns just is phenomenal. Um, I don't think you can really say the same thing for this movie, uh, Batman Forever. Uh, so they're cast well for what this is. No, I disagree. I think so. Well, uh, for what they were trying to do with this movie, it made sense. Okay, I disagree. So wait, but you didn't answer. So you do remember? 
Oh, yeah. Very vividly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we saw all of these. We <clears throat> saw this in the theater and we saw the next yeah. one, Batman and Robin yeah. in theaters. So the tone of this movie. Yeah. This tone is very much, I think it harkens back to the, the Batman TV series with Batman the, and Robin. Adam, Adam West. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the music is even more plateful. Like the whole dark thing that was going on with Tim Burton's versions, completely gone. Yeah. Like overnight they axed it all. Um, and this is very bright and neon and less, I mean, not, not to say that Tim Burton's ad- adorations, adorations, uh, is that a no, right word? No. Not for that. Uh, iterations. His, yeah, that's, that's there the we go. Uh, Tim Burton's iterations of Batman, or his version, it's not that it's grounded, but I could see that's more plausible in a, in a world, as opposed to this, everything being neon, and like it's like a like a, an acid trip with toys. Yeah. They're to all action figures. Everything is big. Big yeah. acting. To me, like it's funny. With Tim Burton, you had like a gothic world. Right. Yeah. And then there were like Shakespearean monologues here and there in moments like the penguin uh, delivering a speech. Y- yeah. Jack Nicholson, Joker. But if would we're just talking about like Gotham as a character. Right. Because you talked about True. the neon and True. stuff like the city yeah. itself uh, in Tim Burton's uh, movies. They're more gothic in this. They're almost more like like pop, um, almost, but also mixed with like Metropolis, like you have two different yeah. cities in the DC universe, the, the the big ones, you know, with Batman and Superman, Metropolis and Gotham. Uh, Gotham's always dark. This movie is like Metropolis with the lights turned out. It's it's weird. It doesn't really connect. I mean, it doesn't connect to the previous movies whatsoever. It turned me off immediately. As soon as all that neon started happening, I was like, what? I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't remember that. Like yeah. the tone of the film, I think, was missing. I knew that it was a little bit more comical and less dark as Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember it being such a stark difference. Yeah. I think, I can't remember if the first and second movie had this, if he always like suits up in the beginning, like when they're doing the credits. No. Um, but this one, I mean, it's just like, it's right off the bat. You, do you get an ass shot right off the bat? No, you get a crotch shot right off the bat. You get a crotch bat. shot. And then later on, we do another With montage of suiting up. Suit. And they just do like an ass shot and like the ass jiggles. It's so weird. It's just like... Look, I, uh, look, I, I, I applaud them for giving a gay director, you know, the opportunity to do Batman. I mean, it, it just, it, this is just like, there were choices made in this movie that were so wrong and so confused. I think, I don't know, sorry, finish your point. I was just going to say, like, this is not the right director <laughs> for this material. It's incredible that they gave him another Batman movie. Fair. It's probably because people still went and saw it. Yeah, no, I'm sure. To see the actors in the roles, essentially. Um, I I have mixed feelings because I did, in my, like, little bit of research that I did and, like, looking into it a bit, from my understanding, so, first of all, right off the bat when the movie starts, it says that it's a Tim Burton production. Yeah, he's a producer. He's a producer on it. And that took me off guard because I felt like he would have more of a hand in it. Um, but obviously he was stepping back because he immediately saw what the product was going to be. Same thing happened with Michael Keaton when he jumped off the boat. He was like, this is a sinking ship. I'm out of here. It's not what I signed up for kind of situation. And that's what I found in my research. I'm glad he did because it would have screwed him over as far as his like legacy as Batman, I think. I question, honestly, like if they just were required to give him a producer role on this just because of how much he did on the first two movies. Like it is continuing his world. Yeah. You well, know. the crazy part is when they did this, such a stark difference where they did a, like a sharp left turn. 
they ended up even having to. So if you can remember in the first film or in the second film or maybe in both, I think he was only in the first one. Uh, Billy D. Williams is is Harvey Dent. Yeah, I don't think he shows up in the second he one. He doesn't show up in the second one, but according to stuff that I found online, um, he was guaranteed in his contract by doing that small appearance to eventually in the series of Tim Burton's iteration to come on as Two-Face. So when they decided to go in a different direction and Joel Schumacher insisted on having Tommy Lee Jones because he wanted him for the character, um, they ha- the studio, Warner Brothers, then had to buy billy d williams out of his contract yeah they had to buy him out you know which is kind of screwed up but at least he got something out of it but at the same time so something else that took me off guard and i think it might explain a little bit if it if my theory is true or my idea is true the reason why it's so absurd as a comedy of or like a um a, a bang crash type batman is because joel schumacher when he was brought on he was brought on to change the tone. They wanted to make a change from the darkness of Batman and Batman Returns. They did want to make a turn to make it more kid friendly so that they could sell more. Um, Joel Schumacher's intention was to have it be more of an exploration of the darkness of these characters and not so much a joke like it is mm. in this. It's almost as if they said, you know what, we want to have fun with this. And he was like, this is not really where I thought we were going, but now he's stuck. And so he's like, screw you guys here's your product. And he like just went all out balls to the wall as gay, any, any gay reference type things he could stick in there. Anything that was like absurd just was all, all, all hands on deck. Go for it. I think that is in certain ways playing devil's advocate, you know, hoping for the best. Um, For me, someone who grew up on the character pretty, like pretty religiously, um, I, I don't really accept that. I think he just never, this is the, again, I'll say it wrong person for the material. Um, you know, it's also, you're right though. It's gotta be also the studio being like, cause I know that, um, when they did Batman returns, especially they had issues with like the toys and especially like the there fast were, food chains yeah. doing the toys with the penguins specifically. And they were like, he's too scary. We can't sell, we can't They're sell scary this to kids. Toys, yeah. Um, which, you know, is like, that's such a, a shit way to do any creative endeavor, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to dictate, you know, the designs and the plot and everything based off of, you know, what plastic we can sell. Yeah. That sucks. Um, and this movie is obviously that's what you influenced get. by that. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Um, and so that kind of starts the foundation of this mess. Um, and it's funny because, like, I was actually kind of hoping for... Watching the movie is a bit depressing. What I was hoping for was like, well, it's so bad that it's like kind of good. I was hoping, yeah. That. There there are pieces that I think are genius, have nothing to do with Joel Schumacher, mm. are genius. Um, but a lot of it is just garbage. And I mean, right off the bat, you've got Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne Batman, who is you, emotionless. You mentioned it when we were watching it. Yeah. Does not his face does not change in the entire movie. I don't think he wanted to do the movie. No, he didn't. When Apparently I, the, he didn't get along with Joel Schumacher. They did not get along and he got the offer for this role while he was like traveling researching another role and accepted it without reading the script. Yeah. So then he got there and then it turned out I guess maybe it wasn't what he'd expected and he was like, "Well, I'm at least on Batman kind of situation." And he didn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, there I there think, was a lot of drama with this movie because even Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey did not get along. That story, because of Jim Carrey telling it, 
you know, like how he does is hysterical. The fact that Tommy Lee Jones, what, like they saw each other at a restaurant, um, like during filming, uh, Jim Carrey goes in for a hug. Tommy Lee Jones gets the hug back and he just whispers in his ear, I hate you so much. Like, who does that? Because he's... Well, I don't think he really cared. Tommy Lee Jones probably didn't care about the role. He just accepted it for the money. But he was accepted like, it for his son. Because okay. suppose this is all crap you find online. Supposedly, the character was one of his son's favorite characters, so he accepted Two-Face? it for that reason. Two Face is it no one's like favorite. It sounds like a really character. bad excuse. Oh, yeah. my favorite villain, Two Face. Yeah. No, that's yeah. not. No, no one's. Everyone likes Two Face well enough. Nobody's favorite villain, Batman villain, is Two Face. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I don't think he cared, but I think he got to set and he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden Jim Carrey's next to him, who I think is honestly, honestly incredible in this movie. Uh, One of the things I remember most from seeing it as a kid is actually being terrified of Jim Carrey, especially like towards the end of the movie where he's, uh, he, I mean like the way, the way they lit him. So, Again, I don't think that's really Joel Schumacher. I think it's, you know, whoever was doing, like, the lights uh, mm. at that moment. Um, and his performance, my God, it actually is terrifying. Like, uh, when he is, like, ascending to, like, godhood, in essence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not when he does the god yeah. voice. That's stupid. But, like, when he's just in the chair and his, his all he's doing is, like, face acting. Ugh. It's good, though. Oh, man, it's amazing. And then when he's disfigured at the end... I scared the bejesus out That's of me so as a cool. kid. Bejesus. Um, I think he's great. I think Tommy Lee Jones was so pissed because he was like, oh, I'm being outdone. I'm a grumpy old man. Well, he also becomes second fiddle very quickly. 100%. Like, it's obviously that the whole thing is about the Riddler's contraption, yeah. you know, to, like, steal memories and stuff from people's minds and at the same time get their knowledge and power, I guess, mind power. Which is more interesting that Tommy Lee Jones has billing over Jim Carrey in this movie. Like, That's really, it's like Val Kilmer and then Tommy Lee Jones. And, like, y- y- I remembered the movie well enough to be like, Tommy Lee Jones is not the main villain of this movie. <laughs> Why is his name before Jim Carrey? Yeah. Who, again, is just incredible. If you're going to rewatch this movie, watch it for Jim Carrey. He does it's good. amazing work. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we get introduced to uh, Robin. Uh, the Chris O'Donnell. 30-year-old uh, who needs a... Uh, uh, a um uh, adoptive father he is so old i never you know it's funny though growing up when i saw it i definitely remember watching it um but i don't remember him appearing that old to me when i watched it i kind of accepted the fact that he was a young kid as opposed to an adult but yeah watching it now i'm like uh you don't need to be moving in with this rich guy no it's so it makes weird. zero sense. Like even when they show the whole family, like before the you know the flying Graysons die, it's a little weird because like the sons look pretty close in age to the father. It's like which ones? Which ones? Yeah. The dad? Which ones? Are they all banging the mom? Like what's happening? Well, Robin should have been younger to begin with. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I'm not saying yeah. like you have to go with a kid. No, you know, but like do a teen. Even the guy who they have playing Robin um, on Titans, the Titan show right now. I've never seen it. He's he is an adult, but he looks like he looks younger. He looks almost like less um, less built. Well, there's plenty of actors like that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like like a Tom Chris Holland O'Donnell, or something. Well, yes, Tom Hall. Uh, Tom Holland actually would be a, a great, great Robin. Dick Grayson, specifically, uh, maybe I don't know, probably not. 
not really. Tom, you know, it's an stop easy ca- pick. Stop casting Tom Holland. Oh, there are plenty, no. plenty of actors. Um, but he actually is an acrobat. Is the cool thing. Like he could do this uh, stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell, who's miscast. They should have gone younger. He's weird. And then, uh, thank God Alfred's there. I, I think he's the only consistent him uh, and, person. Um. Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon. Is Those he, two. Is Jim the same guy in the fourth one? I don't remember the fourth one. Uh, I remember Poison Ivy. That's it. Well, I know that Alfred in that actor, he is also he in Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. So I, he might be the only uh, person who went through the entire series. Um, uh, oh, and then uh, the love interest, Dr. Chase Meridian as played by Nicole Kidman, who, who doesn't last in the second one, right? They replace her. Yeah, the um, she's not in the second one, or not in second one, but in Batman and Robin. Yeah, they have for Batman and Robin instead of a love interest, you have like Poison Ivy, who kind of is like a femme fatale getting in between Batman and Robin, and then they have Batgirl with Alicia as Alicia Silverstone. Again, too old. Uh, yeah, it's like the same exact thing. Oh, Uncle Alfred, you are thirty years old. Yeah, you, you're away. talking to him like you're fifteen. Yeah. Oh, I'm so innocent. Um, okay, but we're not talking about that movie. No, we're not. Batman Forever. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and just for what it's worth, Nicole Kidman, like, she's a great actress. She could not justify any of this bullshit. Right off the bat, like... Well, they're uh, well, setting her pun up. In, pun intended. Yeah. Right off the bat, uh, when she meets Batman within five minutes of the movie starting, she's like, hey, you want to, like, go somewhere else? He's like, I need to save that person. Yeah. yeah, but I'm horny, so let's, like, just go. It was obvious. She was. She just wanted his, his bat signal. Yeah, she wanted to play with... I'm trying his, to be PG. <laughs> his uh, batarang. His batarang. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a little gross. And, yeah. like, the way that they set up her character, like, nothing's ever really explained. You never know what her credentials really are or what she is a Scientologist of. Well, they, uh, uh, Jim Gordon says, like, oh, yeah, I've brought her on to help with this case. Now, but first off, why? Harvey Dent, like, we just see he's, like, robbing a bank. Like, how long have they been working on this case for? Do you mean, like, just the, like, help with treating Harvey Dent? That's one thing. And then, like... <laughs> Batman shows up and she's like, yes, he has dual personality. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Half his face, half, half his clothing even. And Batman's like, yep, yeah, this, this, this. And she's like, Ooh, yeah, you know a lot about this. It's like, yeah, he knows more than you do. Why are you here? It was bad. It was so dumb. They didn't know why she was there. They couldn't, they couldn't they just justify needed, it. They wanted a female, you know, yeah. for him to have a love interest and that's it. So stupid. And it's like, you don't need to continue. Oh, Actually, that's kind of funny. Uh, the first one, you just have Vicky Vale. Then you have uh, 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 Catwoman, who is like also the villain. Then we go back to the person, you know, the Vicky Vale type. And then in the fourth one, we go back to the villain love interest. Oh, yeah. We just keep switching. I never realized yeah, that. We keep same. switching. I just, um, I think partially too, when you're watching it even, you're like, this script is kind of all over the place. Like yeah. s- things happen. You're like, what? Like it, it was as if there were two different, two or three different directors. Like some of the shots, like things would happen where things would come through the window that didn't look like they belong there. Um, or like, so an example would be the uh, in the very beginning of the movie, Tommy Lee Jones is uh, robbing a bank that happens to be on the thirtieth floor. Oh yeah, first of all, and for some reason there is a a big what do they call the boulders? 
Oh, it's like it's a um. Uh, oh my god! It's uh, like a big ball um, for construction purposes. They swing. A, and they, it's a destructing yeah, thing or destructing thing. What are those things called? I don't know. I'm not in construction. I'll think of it in two seconds. Um, but the, it comes through this through the wall behind him. First of all, not very safe. Like in reality, that thing would have taken his ass out. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I can get past it because there's nothing in reality in this movie at all. So that you can forgive. What you can't forgive is the fact that. They're on like the 30th, if not 70th floor, the way that it looks like it's filmed because everything is, um, you know, high octane. So it looks like a massive building. Where did this thing come from? I don't it know. It comes in, it breaks the wall so that they can swing the um, safe out of there that, that has all the money. Um, but the safe comes out and the thing disappears. Well, it also, when it like breaks through the wall, it looks so cheap. It just, it, it comes it in slowly. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> it seems like it's made of rubber. Like it's very obviously made of like foam yeah. because it just kind of like fizzles onto the set. It's just, yeah, like, it got- swings in the wall falls apart behind him. And then it just kind of lingers there for a second. Yeah. That is a pretty good description of a lot of, the effects in this movie. So yes, not they're, they're also yeah. like these like moments are not well thought out. I'll also say like with the car yeah. when he's being chased, because uh, it's funny. The I remember chase this is slow. Oh my god, those okay. So you probably remember this movie, and at one point Batman drives up a building. Oh my um, god. So first off, before that happens, he's just driving randomly, and then two cars, I guess, see him and start following him out of nowhere. It's good that they knew that Batman was going to be on this random street. Again, not explained. They show all these cars driving, and there's fire coming out of all of them. They are all moving so fucking slowly. Oh my god. Um, and then eventually, like, they chase him, and he shoots a basically a grappling hook out of the Batmobile, and then he drives up a building. But here's the thing, like, there's no way that Batmobile would have continued up to the roof of said building. It would have stopped right where it, like, it connected with the grappling hook. Correct. So that Batmobile would have just been hanging out there for a while. For a while. Like, where are you going, Batman? What's what's happening? Know. It just this... also the physics of the the shape of the car. The car doesn't bend to go up a building like that. Okay. So, but there are no physics. This is a ridiculous movie. You brought up the shape of the car. Everyone always talks about like you know Joel Schumacher's like the nipple shots on the bat suit and the butt shot. No one. Talks Why about this car. is the car phallic phall- phallus shaped? It I looks like a that. dick. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's got a shaft, and then like just the very back of it is like the balls. It, I'd have to see a picture. It is. Listen, I'm even going to pull this up for you. Okay, and while you're you doing home, that, yeah, look at it. It it is a phallus. My favorite Batman or Batmobile is um, the Tim Burton one. It is chic. It's sleek. It looks like it can do what it's meant to do. Um, but all that to say, like all the, um, the I love incons- the animated series one. Oh yeah, all the inconsistencies and things. I feel like also have to do with the writing. The screenplay is written by three different screenwriters, so this is what happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen. And I see that in a lot of films. If you ever see a film and you're watching, you're like, this script is really all over the place. Usually nine times out of 10, you look at who wrote the screenplay and there's more than two. If it's more than two screenwriters, it's a mess. I'm pulling, I pulled up the photo of the car. Take off the wheels and take off the fins. What are you left with? And then turn it like upside down. See, without the wheels, it's got like this like shaft part. And then this, if you turn it upside down, is the balls. I mean, it looks like a dildo. 
That's okay. Fine. With teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Joel Schumacher's into some weird shit. Uh, um, it also does not need all those lights. No, it's just it's it's a stupid design uh, from from head to toe. What a bad Batmobile. Um, what a bad second suit. Yeah, that too. And oh. the excuse, the way they get into the to the to Wayne's mansion. So are we even there yet? So no. So uh, I mean, I guess let's let's just go into the plot a little bit because okay. it's like it's kind of it's 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 all over the place. But the basics are this: uh, Batman is you know he's, he Two Face robs a bank. He saves a guard. Um, who's awesome. Oh, boiling acid. He is a literal cartoon character. Uh, there are a lot of uh, the the um, smaller characters, like the under fives in this movie, because they are, they're actually kind of awesome. Because like they, I feel like they're the only people like so aware of the movie that they're in. Well, so same thing with Jim Carrey. Uh, we'll get to him. Okay. We will get to him. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, that's the opening of the movie. Um, and then he... Uh, Chase Meridian he meets up with her and he's like hey I'm having like dreams when I'm awake and she's like oh you've repressed memories and he's just like oh I, I'm responsible for my parents dying maybe that's like after Robin dies I'm gonna be honest with you it's all, all over the place I'm actually not even sure about the order of everything but they, uh, go, they go to see Robin's family afterwards oh but you see we meet Enigma first so correct then yes. like we are at like Wayne Corp Ed Nigma has been working in the electronics department for like two years, even though he talks about his invention, like he owns it. Like that's Wayne tech IP. <laughs> they own that. And it, it's like, like he was talking like, Oh, we're going to be partners on this Wayne, you know, Bruce, Bruce, we're going to be partners. And, and you know, da, da, da. it's like, Bad no, writing. no, no. He, he owns this. He can, whatever. Anyway. Okay. Jim Carrey has Ed Nigma is incredible right off the bat. Like he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. Um, he kind of sees him as like an equal um, and he's working on an invention where like you get transported into television. You feel like you are there. Yeah. Like a hologram. Yeah. So that's uh, whatever. Um, and <laughs> then uh, his boss tries to like cut the funding or cut the project. He ends up killing him. But right before finds that there's like a, a um, secondary effect where he can like, absorb <laughs> the brain waves yeah. so he becomes smarter yeah. which i don't know i kind of thought was dumb it's like look i know that like riddler's whole thing is like i'm you know going to outsmart batman it just like he doesn't need that yeah. he doesn't need to like have like a, a transformation yeah i'm going to absorb your brain waves eh, stupid but you know what he sells it um and then he i guess leaves wayne corp with his invention he ends up like creating his own um, uh, villain uh, 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 identity as the Riddler. He teams up with Two Face, who is just there for some reason, just wants to kill Batman. That's legitimately the only thing. Like, and at the same time, Riddler has no reason to work with Two Face. It's just for funding. It's oh, it was funding. That's it. That's all he says. He's like, like, oh, I'll help you solve the riddle of because, who is Batman because it I ends just up need being, funding because it ends up being that the Riddler has like solid plans. Like even when he has this big gala for his new pro his new invention, but uh, two face just comes in with his goons and yeah. they ruin everything. And they're very sloppy. These are super slop. These are like, um, what do you call it? Uh, the, Oh gosh. 
Are you talking about the henchman or are you talking about Two Face? I'm talking about the the men working with him it, with Two Face, his, his henchmen, yeah. them. Yeah, they they're just all over the place. Yeah, like they can't really fight. They're just kind of throwing themselves around and throwing actors around on the set. Like there's that even the choreography of them robbing um, these massive groups of people because it's always at functions that they end up robbing people. It's very sloppy. You know what sucks about that, especially you think about like. Uh, the Joker in the first one and his gang. Oh, and so like, cool. I, like Bob is his right-hand man, you yeah, know, who's kind of the older guy. To it. And like, even like all of his thugs, they kind of like looked like, like a, uh, a unit, like a group of, of thugs that you could see like is led by, everything kind of made sense in that own, yeah. in that, in their world. Well, even right? Batman Returns. With the Penguin and his circus, uh, yeah. the, the, the circus people. Yeah, like, that became even more so like this is a hundred percent. Like this is so stylized. This works incredibly well. This two faces gang is just like, Oh, they've got like a red and black half and half mask. Otherwise, like who cares? They're all, they were easily. Yeah. I was going to say they were like, yeah, it just, that was exactly it. You know, the design even is just like not inspired. I don't know. It's just stupid. Um, and then what happens? Uh, Robin joins eventually. His parents die. Um, he tries to be Robin. Batman's like, no. They um, never. They never have the um, the discussion of where or the idea that um, they don't show us that Alfred has the idea to make Robin a costume or that there's never a moment where Alfred takes a second to encourage robin to be, to work with batman it's very out of left field well like they kind of separately did their own things robin um when when he just dick grayson is that it? Yeah, yeah when he discovers the Batcave, decides i'm gonna work with batman and alfred on the other end was like i made you a costume but yeah. they never worked together on the idea to say like we're gonna kind of sway him into doing this alfred it was does very weird have like a good moment where he um like after Bruce, that weird moment where uh, 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 Rob, uh, Dick Grayson is like, "You're like, what are you gonna do? Stop me?" And then Val Kilmer just stands up shirtless, and he's like, "Like I can," and it's like, Ugh. one, like you're not that built up. No, this he's is still, not. Like he could care less about this role. This <gasps> here's the funny thing. He had putty body. Is, is Michael Keaton a good Batman? Uh, body wise, no. no. But he sold the personality of like a guy billionaire who like would dress as a bat and fight crime but they also, sold that they also never filmed it in such a way that you were going to focus on his body well this is exactly right i don't think he was ever shirtless i know he was upside down um at one point like kim basinger uh wakes up in the first movie after i guess they've slept together and like michael keaton is like upside down oh, okay. um you know it's stupid i don't think he was uh shirtless i don't know i don't remember that from his movies and honestly all credit to him. He probably yeah. was like, yo, I'm not built like a superhero. We're not going to do this. That's stupid. Yeah. Val Kilmer was also not built like a superhero. And so he stands up in that moment and you're like, um, what is this supposed to, am I supposed to say like, Ooh, he can kick his ass. No, he couldn't come on. Cause then all I could think of was every time chase, the psychologist character was like hitting on Batman in that suit and be like, Oh, those muscles. I'm like, Bitch, he doesn't have any muscles underneath there. <laughs> That's all padding. That's padding, girl. Yeah. And then Robin comes out with his costume, and he's like steroid out. I'm like, this is bullshit. I think that, in all honesty, Chris O'Donnell was in better shape than Val Kilmer was. Of course. Like, I'm not saying that he looked like an acrobat. No. You know what? Uh, 
you know what? I will say this. When they had like the whole family together, the weird part where you didn't know who the father was, they did in a weird way all look like like 1920s acrobats. You know? Like, True. Okay. I uh, kind of get behind it. But is it because no. of the way they were styled? Maybe. Because supposedly Maybe. that was one of the very, very few, few things that Tim Burton had a hand in. He styled supposedly or designed or had the idea of them being in the original. The Flying Graysons? Yeah, the Flying Graysons to be in that costume. Oh, that's cool. So. It's, I mean, it is super classic. It's cool. I, uh, it's straight up from the animated series, but I think the animated series was also influenced by the design of the third Robin. Though I think the third Robin came later. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's like it's a different style of Robin suit. You know, instead of Dick Grayson's original suit was like the uh, green like underoos yeah. and the red shirt. Thank God they didn't do that. Um, but so uh, that happens. Uh, Chris O'Donnell storms off. He just wants to kill Two-Face because he killed his, his family. Um, eventually, I admittedly fell asleep for like a second <laughs> and i guess uh bruce wayne stupidly steps into the riddler's mind reading machine like an idiot well they did take out the little uh, green glow sticks that oh, yeah. powers it so dumb drew barrymore took it Ju- drew barrymore hello a, i mean i think she was With her 1930s eyebrows she was kind of she was already like a bit above this yeah you know like she's from a, a legendary acting family why did she do this movie? She probably just thought it'd be fun. It was like her and Debbie Mazar as like the other girlfriend of Two-Face. I mean, like both of them. Like, why are you doing this? Anyway, um, they find out who Batman is. They storm uh, Wayne Manor, kidnap Dr. Chase Meridian. You say storm. They kind of just walk in. Oh, like these. So these trick or treat. It's on Halloween night that the they, they come into Wayne Manor, Two-Face and the Riddler. And Chase was invited over. They're having dinner. Alfred is answering the door for trick-or-treaters. So trick-or-treaters are just coming up on the Wayne Manor like it's their next-door neighbor. Meanwhile, it looks like from the way that it's filmed that there's not a single house near him. So where are the parents? Are the parents outside in a car and just drop them off? Are these kids just walking down a street into the middle of nowhere to go to the Wayne Manor to get candy? It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um but with all that, you then had Tommy Lee Jones and the Riddler camping outside, watching the trick-or-treaters come and go. And they're like, aha. It was very strange. And they were just like doing their evil laugh. There's so much evil laughing. I wish someone did like a super montage of just all the laughing in this movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just like one after the other because it happens so much. But then they just kind of walk up onto the mansion no, there's no security cameras. There's no nothing. And they could just bust right in like that. I yeah. just, it was kind of unbelievable. Uh, I don't think this was said. The funny thing about Tommy Lee Jones, because again, I think Jim Carrey like really did a great job with this role. Tommy Lee Jones does barely anything. His character is so one note, which is so incredibly ironic for a character with two personalities. Yeah. Like it's just that stupid laughing every five seconds. And I mean, they could have just given him a top hat and a twisty mustache, and it would have been the same exact effect. And the fact that he just says "we," yeah. Oh, we like this, are we? I'm like, eh. so stupid. Um, uh, the Batman and Robin I also hated his costume. Yeah, that like animal print neon shit that was on his ugly I side. Hate his ear, like the ear hole oh, that, that they had like with the mask. It's just like, look, I understand. Well, it's also purple. Yeah. 
every like everything about it like why is it why is his face like barney purple uh the costume with the hair is also like just, that uh, weird like like candy cotton so candy bad. pink but like the ear nub that they have on there the is nub. just fucking gross you know, it just gets to the point where it's like, ugh, I like, I get it. But I at get least it. if they're gonna have it there, and, and you as an audience member saw that it was gross, they didn't want to do anything funny with it. Like maybe Drew Barrymore's character is like cleaning out that ear. Well, that's like, not the her side of it or something. It's kind of gross. But... Uh, no, that would be Debbie Mazar. Yeah, and why are there two different women? For oh, because both of, of his sides. two personalities. So one is weird. good, one is bad. You didn't get that. You didn't see the entire layer, which is the two problem sides. Is you don't see enough of the good side. If you're going to have a two-faced character that you're really pushing on the fact that he has uh, was dual personalities now, there has to be a balance of him having a struggle within himself to do good and to do bad. Or to recognize the fact that he's about to kill somebody and then feel bad. You know, there's got to be a struggle somewhere. And they didn't do that at all with this character. Yeah. They kind of dumped him in this movie. They show the journey of the Riddler. They show you a flashback of a news clip of um, Harvey Dent becoming Toothface at a like a hearing, I guess, um, in court, and that's it. Yeah, it. It was just like Tommy Lee, go do your thing. Thank God that the character got some retribution uh, when Aaron Eckhart played him in that The Dark Knight. Yeah, because they went into all of that even before he became Two Face. Like that's that's the whole thing about Harvey Dent. Like Two Face is already in him. Yeah, it just took this you know this disastrous thing to bring it out of him. Yeah, like. He got some retribution later on. It's just like it's the same thing as like Bane, the Bane character. Um, you know, uh, Tom Hardy, uh, uh, that storyline for him didn't didn't make a lot of people happy, but at least it was so much better than him just being used as like a stupid, it's mindless better, henchman in Batman and Robin. And it's, it's the same better thing. than the Anne Hathaway Catwoman. Uh, I didn't really care for her. She was just like a professional thief that kind of had like all these expensive gadgets on. Mm, yeah, that might be. She was like an upper class woman running around well, robbing things. I'm like, what? The thing is, she's more akin to Catwoman in the comics, especially nowadays, than Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, who, again, like so stylized, then, so it, great. You're saying because she she was supposed to be the daughter of um, Falcone, right? Falcone? E, that is one storyline for Catwoman. Yeah. I don't know if that is what if that's what it is currently. But it definitely uh, it was at some point. Yeah, I think Jeff Loeb introduced that, if I'm not mistaken, in um, one of one of his series, one of his Batman yeah. series. Um, but they don't really say where Anne Hathaway's Catwoman comes from. I don't remember. No, that. I, th- I think they did. I think they what did? you're saying is is what her storyline was. That she was the daughter, or or was so. kind of a tossed. Yeah, per, like discarded think, woman in yeah. somebody's life, or something think, like that. Yeah, um, I just I prefer Tim Burton's iteration. It's kind of out there. That's fair. But it works. You know what it is, though? It's the same reason, I think, why the Marvel movies are successful. Because they're, well, for most of them, uh, for a lot of them, there are strong creative decisions being made mm-hmm. that dictate what the entire movie is, including these characters, right? When James Gunn uh, uh, created the first Guardians of the Galaxy, these characters were not like this in the comics, he was just like, look, this is my style and this is what I'm going to do. And it's so effective. It works It works beautifully. The same thing as Tim Burton. Tim Burton's a very different director as James Gunn, but it's True. the same thing. This is Tim Burton's Joker. This is Tim Burton's Batman. Unfortunately, Joel Schumacher's Batman and Two-Face are, are just 2D nonsense. Halloween costumes, because that's yeah, what they sold a lot much, of. Pretty much. 
Um, uh, the final battle, final confrontation after Robin gets uh, uh, taken by Two Face, after he decides to save his life and not let him die, <laughs> um, uh, Batman has to choose between saving Robin or Doctor Chase. That's the Riddler's like final, you know, like question. And then Batman just throws a batarang into the device, which ends up sucking all of like the brain juice out of the Riddler. I was so confused by what was happening. He drops both of them. Batman, of course, saves them. Two-Face gets down to where they've dropped to within seconds <laughs> and has a gun on, on them. And he's like, oh, no more riddles. I'm just going to shoot you. Hey, Two-Face, don't forget your coin. Ding. and then he throws all the coins and then Two-Face falls and dies and Robin also, has like, a smile like yeah. it's just like oh, oh I guess this is okay his face is so bizarre in that moment but they also like they ended up obtaining this like otherworldly island contraption for the Riddler where it's like where did that come from yeah. like was this was this built through Wayne um, Wayne Enterprises like what? Well, that's the thing. So, so, so like, left field. You, you know, that's why he teamed up with Two Face to just get basically like money, I guess, to buy an island to build this giant. But they never you know, show them making concoction. those plans. Uh, they no, mention exactly. it once, saying the grand plan is to find out who Batman is. But through that, or but we're going to do that through using my invention, and they end up like outsourcing and making money off of it. But then they never play with the idea of them having ever just one scene, like a conversation where they're like, and then we're going to use the money to build this. This will be the ultimate thing or something. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a hodgepodge. Of, Maybe it was just too much shit in one movie. Well, that's, you could say that about the fourth one as well. I, in all honesty, you can say that about uh, the dark Knight rises, you know, like there are a lot dark of bad Batman... rises is Catwoman and Bane. Exactly. Right? And, and, and Talia al Ghul. Oh, oh, and Talia al Ghul. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lot. Exactly. And that's the thing that is, that is, it's almost the biggest issue with, um, with so many of these Batman movies, uh, this trap that a lot of them fall into. Yeah. And the funny thing is like, okay, First Batman movie. I'm not talking about Adam West's Batman movie with four different villains. Uh, the first Tim Burton Batman movie. It's the Joker. Done. Period. That's it. It's great. It's uh, it's it's focused. It's awesome. Um, second one. All of a sudden, we expand. We've got both Catwoman and Penguin. Now, the difference is that you have two very uh, uh, kind of deep characters. Even the Penguin, you feel for in a yeah, lot of ways. You feel bad for both of them. Catwoman is kind of straddling the line between ally and foe. Yes. So you can get away with it. But what I saw in my research is that Tim Burton, when he was originally planning to do this, um, was it was just going to be the Riddler. That was it. Correct. That would have been great. What a better decision that would have been because it's just, there's, there's too much going on with Two-Face and he's not complicated enough to really hold any of those moments. Uh, the Riddler is fascinating. I just want to see more of him. Val Kilmer's not interested, so I don't care about... They sh they, sh they have so many moments for Val Kilmer where it's like, oh, it's Val Kilmer. Have we'll give him a lot of acting moments. And it's just like wasted time. Well, they're, they're zooming just into his eyeballs oh. then too because they're like, he's not making any expressions. Nothing has changed. Let's just zoom in. It'll be, it'll be a camera angle or camera move that will give this moment a little more. It is... It's almost insulting... I know that, George, look, George Clooney gets a lot of flack for <laughs> the fourth movie, but at least the man was, like, having fun, yeah. and he was trying to make something entertaining, really, for kids. Yeah. 
it, it's funny. We went to a Comic Con and we saw Same him. Uma Thurman. She was she was poison ivy. She yeah. was like, I'm doing this. No, Let's you know, go for it. Like the script might be like garbage. <laughs> yeah. But at least they are trying to do something with what they have. Yeah. I applaud that. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Same thing. I Having applaud fun. them for yeah, it. Yeah, knew exactly what he was doing. But in this movie, it's just like. They're just so obviously not having fun, these people, that... I think it's because there was a very small number of actors that knew what this movie was. They read the script and said, oh, this is not the Tim Burton Batmans. This is something else. And then you had other actors that were taking this like a drama, like serious. Yeah. And it was not fitting in with everything else. Everyone just seemed to be doing their own thing. Yeah. The It's almost like you have just a bunch of different movies the movie I was most interested in was the one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, um, I agree. I would love to just I, see a whole movie on that. I would also like to see the movie where um, Chase, the psychologist, whatever the heck you want to call her, actually uses her kickboxing skills that they introduce, but she never uses in any moment. Because so, it makes zero sense. Yeah. So in one moment, so there's a moment where um, when Wayne goes to see her at her office, and it looks like she's just moving in. Um and in the in the scene she's kickboxing yeah she's like she has a thing set up she's got her boxing gloves on but then nowhere in the film does she ever fight no she runs she's a damsel in distress yeah like you just introduced the fact that she could fight yeah even vicky vale in the first one didn't have a lot of moments where she was more than a damsel but there were more than chase meridian who like when they introduce her you're like oh she's gonna be able to handle her handle yeah. herself which would he not would be all. more attracted to I yeah think, as well it was it's just again like wasted opportunities back and yeah. forth everywhere so this movie was just one big shame it's just like i i was saying it like this uh uh to to cm before we watched it um everyone always brings up the original one and batman returns as kind of their own entity and again, they're polarizing. You either love them or hate them. And then they bring up Batman and Robin because it just goes so far into that cartoon world. Nobody ever really brings up Batman forever. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. It's 25 years, uh, 25 year anniversary right now. You know, let's like do it. Nobody talks about it. There's a reason why nobody <laughs> talks about it because it is like, it's just forgettable with the exception of Jim Carrey. Um, I don't think Jim Carrey gets enough credit as like an actor. You know, people bring up like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Um, anything else? Oh, The Truman Show. Wonderful. Uh, and we're just talking, I'm just talking about like his more serious stuff. Yeah. But the man is so incredibly talented. And uh, like, I, I feel like I'm just, just gushing, but it's like, it's like the lifeline for this movie. And if you're going to talk about, if you're going to revisit it, if you're going to talk about it, you're probably talking about that again, scared the bejesus out of me. That performance stayed with me from when I was a kid. Um, otherwise this movie is garbage. This movie is yeah. garbage. <sighs> Sorry. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's really it. That's, that's the story. It's all over the place. Uh, the performances are nothing to talk Can about. Can we watch Batman Returns exceptions. next? Um, I would like to watch Batman Returns, but I would love to watch it. Uh, Bat- Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Yeah. I'd like to do that closer to Christmas for this. Fair. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, this one mentions Halloween. I think I was asleep at that moment, so I, I and all didn't really pick up on it. And yeah. pumpkin and kids in costume. It was the cheapest way to do it. The first one, in a way, is kind of like 
uh, New Year's. It's like like Gotham Day. I think you might be right. I think yeah. it was New Year's ish. Everyone, I don't think the fourth one has a holiday in it. No, it's very focused on Poison Ivy's nature stuff, like uh, mm-hmm. Earth. Well, yeah, but Earth Day. It probably or, takes place it, during Earth Day. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, that's it. You got anything else that you found about the movie? No, I'm just glad Nicole Kidman found her way. Uh, well, after Tom Cruise. This is before Tom Cruise. Before even meeting no, him? No, maybe she was a redhead when she was dating Tom Cruise. With big curly hair, yeah. Yeah. Because her hair's naturally curly. Yeah, well, not anymore. Now it's fried to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's processed. Um, well, guys, that was it. Uh, we rewatched um, Batman Forever, in all honesty, so you don't have to. Uh, but, Ooh, but, okay, that, wow. was, that was harsh. That was harsh. Um, you can if you're gonna rewatch it do it as like a marathon with all of them to like make it specifically to revisit that i would see would you do i wouldn't do it in order though i would want to see the shitty ones first no so i could end with the good ones no no no. you gotta watch them in order why else are you watching them Uh, you start out with two great ones then a really horrible one and then the last one you're just just be be, if, if you're of age be drunk if you are of age, there's got to be online somewhere. Someone's done a game for it. A hundred percent. That's it. Um, as always, <laughs> it's like, that's it. We're done. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, guys, as <laughs> always, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening or watching. Um, we uh, are not recording these um, at the moment, but uh, you if you taking video, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, we're not recording video of these episodes at the moment um if you would like to see that come back let us know um yeah it's just it's um to be quite honest a lot of work it is a lot of work we do all this stuff ourselves uh and we see more of an interest in the audio podcast side than the youtube side because no one wants um, to see our faces (laughs) when you want to see our faces they're beautiful because i'm (laughs) two-faced oh it's batman Uh, okay, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment below. Let us know if there's any film, television shows you'd like us to watch from the 80s and 90s. As always, thank you, guys. And on that note, may the Batman be with you. And also with you. Bye! Bye!